doing a Skype. Tip of the night, man. Take nothing but you being yourself. Why don't your brother come take me for it, man? See you on three, one, two, three. It is deflected and intercepted. C.J. Gardner-Johnson pushing, pulls. He's in for the touchdown. Miles Sanders. He throws it to Brown with a step in the secondary. He will score. He throws it. Touchdown. Devontae Smith. That's the fly. He's intercepted by Smith. And it's under throw. And intercepted. C.J. Gardner-Johnson. AAT Birds Weekly Report is the Eagle News, notes, and analysis you need. And welcome, everybody, to another edition of the AT Birds Weekly Report. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mike, at Rewind CEO. And we have, uh, calling from the bullpen, uh, Eagle Jeff Warner from the Birds, Beers, and BS podcast show. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. And we're going <laughs> to... And of course, Mike's going to pull that. Uh, but again, That's thanks it. for uh, joining us tonight. And we're going to talk a little Eagles Cowboys recap. And, you know, 6 and 0, they have their bye. We're going to talk a little bit about what we think leading up to those six, that 6 and 0, and then kind of an outlook. So it uh, should be a fun show. How are we doing, guys? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful. Ready for the bye week. Yeah, kind of just, ah, <sighs> and then to kind of get yourself back going. Because they, they, they do have to, uh, get a couple guys healthy. Um, they don't have tons of injuries, which is a great thing, but uh, to kind of start off with the uh, Eagles Cowboys, Hey, they beat Dallas um, in a game that actually all the starters played. It wasn't like a, a, a fake win. If you want to say some of the end of the season games that we've, we've been seeing the last couple of years, but uh, they got the job done. They beat don't Dallas. The fans. What? the Cowboys fans because of course after they lose they pull the typical BS and say that they would have won if Dak played. So that was the first excuse that I got. You know, I have a coworker who's a Dallas fan and I call him delusional because it's just basically it's what he is. He came in to my office and says to me, if they had Dak, Eagles wouldn't have won. I said, well they didn't and you were you were saying how great Cooper Rush and this is where it kind of boils me. I guess I'll start with something that's going to be uh, kind of eating at me. It's just they talk about how Cooper Rush is 4-0, and 5-0 and uh, as a starter total and how he's able to move the offense. He's got to do this and do this and do this. And then he loses, and it's, well, it's, he's our backup quarterback. And he's a, and it's just no matter what you do, Dallas fans are going to complain about something. And that's just how they are. They're going to complain. And then when their team loses, they disappear. And then when their team wins a few games, they're like cockroaches and they come out of the woodwork and they're a nuisance. So uh, to me, it was, it was a win. A win is a win. And the way that I'm going to say is Eagles got the win. They're six and oh, Dallas is four and two. And again, I was also told, well, just wait until Christmas Eve. Just wait until we play you Christmas Eve when the division's on the line. I did say at that point, we don't know where the Eagles will be and we don't know where the Cowboys will be. But I do want to right now, the Eagles got the win. Uh, Dak Prescott is seven and three all time versus the Eagles. Um, that being said, Carson I, Wentz is great on Thursday Night Football. Doesn't mean they're great, great players. 
I'm just saying, just to put it in perspective. But be careful with the Cowboys fans, the delusional Cowboys fans and their narratives, too. I saw a graphic uh, before the Eagles-Cowboys game that uh, Cooper Rush and Jalen Hurts had thrown for the same amount of touchdowns. Are we just discrediting all the touchdowns Jalen Hurts ran for? I mean, who well, that doesn't you- count. That doesn't count. You know, they don't. They, they said sure. the rushing touchdowns don't count, so it's yeah. just passing touchdowns, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Well, then don't draft a mobile quarterback in your fantasy league if that's the case. Draft Cooper Cooper Rush. Who would you rather have? It's oh. just, it's just, it's ridiculous. You know, and everybody could find a narrative, or you know, make a graphic that fits their own narrative. So I just hate seeing stuff like that. It's just ridiculous. But um, you're right. The bye week does come at a good time. Lane Lane Johnson got a concussion, uh, so you know he'll have this whole week to heal up. But aside from that, injuries haven't really been. Did think that CJ Gardner Johnson was going to be a little worse oh, off. That scared me a little bit. Yeah, he, he came back and he finished the game. So um, you know, we're gonna just stay healthy through the bye week. Hopefully nobody gets hurt over the bye week. That's happened before. Um well, the, one, the one thing I want to bring up because when Jeff and Peanut did their pregame show, Jeff was real adamant in talking about the offensive line and the depth. And you were saying that injuries with Micah Parsons and everything. And it kind of came a little bit to fruition when Lane Johnson goes out, Jack Driscoll, Jack Driscoll comes in and you see what Dallas does right away. And of course, Driscoll's no match for Parsons. And it, you know, they did some blitzes in the second half and they kind of got the Eagles off of their kilter a little bit. Um, And I know for Jeff, like talking about the offensive line, what was your out, out outlook of that game? And, you know, what'd you like with the game and what did you kind of, come away with from the offensive line or the game in general offensive line and the game in general well the, the offensive line you i would say they're obviously the strength of this team when it comes to them being at full strength and like i brought up with uh on bird spears and bs that this team i would say they have tremendous starters when it comes to depth they have serviceable guys that can come in for a short amount of time as you, you saw driscoll he can come in fill in a little bit but when he's out there for a long term, or we have to have him out there for a major injury long term, he's going to be a weak point. And, and I'll say, I understand the offensive line. These are guys that have to work in continuity and they have to adjust and and find ways to work together as a unit. So when one guy steps out and their guy steps in, they're going to have issues, especially in the middle of a football game, a very impactful football game, especially against a strong defense like the Dallas Cowboys. But I'll say, as far as, far as the game, yeah, we got the victory, but I'll say that I know everyone wants to complain and say that we beat up a backup quarterback. The scary thing for the Philadelphia Eagles right now is that they're six and zero, and they haven't even played their best football. They they haven't played a complete football game. So everyone that's coming out and saying that we are not legit or we're we shouldn't be considered one of the top teams in the National Football League just because of our cupcake schedule. Look, we, we, we don't decide who we play against. We just go up against who we get, go up against. And whatever happens, I'll say we have, to, we have to win those games. So, look, I'll say, yeah, we might not have the strongest schedule. But near to the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys going into this game, I don't think it's faced a top 10 offense or even a top 15 offense the entire season. And everyone wants to talk about great their defenses, which, look, they have a tremendous amount of talent. Michael Parsons, he's going to be the next Aaron Donald as when it comes to probably one of the best defensive players in the National Football League moving forward. He, he has that much of an impact for that Cowboys defense. But look, I would say Nick Sirianni, I felt, did, did enough. He, I would say he was able to attack the Cowboys' weaknesses. The one thing that this team continues to lack, 
and I understand what the Lane Johnson effect probably played a factor in it, is that this team cannot find ways to play four strong quarters of football. Once again, in the fourth quarter, and I'm, Everyone said they let their foot off the gas. I don't feel that's the case. I, I, what, what team doesn't want to score points in the National Football League? Every single drive, they are going out there to try to score points. But something about the second half, whether it's in-game adjustments by their opponent, lack of execution, or whatever it may be, they just haven't found a way to keep that clicking for the entire football game. And they let the Dallas Cowboys right back into it, which against better football teams, it's going to come back to cost you. So... The one thing that um, I did hear and you know, thinking about it was when you're looking at the Eagles in the second half and you know, looking at this game and what they did was the drive. So I know Dallas had like a seven and a half minute drive. Then the Eagles had a seven minute drive when they're having these like they're not having these quick, easy, you know, 80 yard touchdown pass. It, they're manufacturing these long drives right there is basically a quarter. So it's it's tough because what you're saying is if they're not able to score and they're letting teams basically go at will, because Dallas had two drives that, you know, they based now, I know one penalty of a block in the back that was called back, but still you still have to stop the offense and they weren't able to do that. Ezekiel Elliott had 6.2 yards per carry. There's some certain things that hopefully in the bye week they can sure up the tackling needs to be shored up, especially in the second half of games, you have to be able to tackle, um, you know, when you're playing these physical teams, when you're playing these better teams, uh, so that's definitely one thing that kind of worried me a little bit. Uh, it was good to see Gardner Johnson come back in because Kayvon Wallace is a big time liability uh, out there. And big time. Yeah, big time. And, you know, for me, I, I don't want to look too much on on negatives and, you know, them not scoring and letting a team back in. I did like what they did in the first half. Unfortunately, I can't tell you why in the second quarter they're scoring at a record pace and what they're doing. I I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't tell you why they only do the second quarter and then the rest of the quarters they, you know, here and there, and then they turn it on when they need to. But I, you're I, right, Jeff. It feels the tempo. I say you see a lot in that yeah. first half. You, you see a lot of Nick Sirianni using a lot of no huddle to try to catch the opponents off guard and try to wear down their defense and get that big play strike, especially the amount of speed they have on the offensive side of the football. You see it with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Miles Sanders and and and, and, and Jalen Hurts with, with him being that dual threat option. So I feel the up-tempo pace when it comes to this offense is one of the reasons because they're getting more plays off, in my opinion. Where the second half, I don't feel like they're. I feel like they're trying to run or run a little bit more of the clock off. But I, I'll say, I just don't. I don't know if they're just becoming too predictable. I'll say, because you see, any time like uh, uh, Jalen Hurts is the RPO, nine percent of the time it, it's scoped out. I'll say with with someone spying Jalen or a, or uh, the screen or whatever's bro- broken down, the play completely breaks down. Where they're just not able to execute. I just wanna. Now, you're going to have to play this for Peanut. When Kayvon Wallace walked in the game, this is what Peanut said. What are you kidding me? <laughs> so I had to play, had to play that one. And uh, Gator checking in. What's, What's up, going Gator? on, Gator? Thanks for joining us. Uh, and congratulations on 6-0. and So that's nice. always- I didn't do anything. I just sat uh, there. <laughs> exactly. We just sat like, there. Don't congratulate me. I wasn't on the field, dude. Uh, Daniel has a, a question. From what I see coming after halftime, they're already up and they have to play defense, play big stops, um, give up throws, middle of the field offense. They get away from the run game. Yeah, they they, they do want to pass the ball. Playoffs. See what happens. 
you're gonna get your ass kicked and that that's just that's the nature of it the playoffs is a different animal you get away with it you can and no gator i'm not ready i'm i will hate jalen hurts out of spite um you know you could do that against cupcake opponents against cooper rush and the detroit lions and you'll get away with it you do that in the playoffs do that in the super bowl ain't gonna work what do you think is gonna happen well here's the thing like I don't know who the second best team right now in the NFC is. The NFC is a shit show, but like you're not going to do that against Buffalo and get away with it at all. You're not going to do it against, against Kansas city and get away with it. You're just, you're not. So something needs to change. I don't know what that something is, but yeah, you're looking at the box score. We scored 20 points in the second quarter, zero in the first zero in the third and six in the fourth. I ain't gonna cut it. No, it's it, it's not. And if and you know you want to, it wins. You get the win. The win's the win. But you're gonna have to be able to put a complete game. And it's pretty scary to think that they haven't. They're six and zero, and they haven't put a complete game. It's, it's not like they. I know they played the Detroit Lions and they played Washington, but they played a five and one Minnesota team. Uh, Minnesota's the only loss was to us. And I know you look at the NFC. The NFC is a little flawed with. San Francisco, you know, not playing up the part of some of these teams. You know, Atlanta's three and three. Um, you have Green Bay's three and three. The Giants are five and one. Um, it, it, I saw another stat. The Giants are a plus 14 point differential, and the Jaguars, who are two and four, is a plus 24. So it just, you know, Giants are they're getting wins. They're a scrappy Here's, team. They stay in the game. And what, but Mike? Here's a good one. Up until last week's loss, the Ravens in their two losses had trailed for a total of 14 seconds. Yep. It's just, it's crazy. And that's, that's the way it is right now. And, you know, Hey, look, I like that. The NFC East is a little more competitive aside from Washington, but yeah. you know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to all of us talk and it's like, we sound like we're talking like we just lost the game. Like we're just nitpicking on all these things. Is this us just being Eagles fans and just used to the bottom falling out? Like, you know, we're so accustomed to that over the years. I, I, you know, go ahead, Johnny. Yeah, okay. So I, I'm going to say there's a little bit of a negadelphia when you look at some of the, the people posting That's up right. and, and yeah, we know uh, at the Al Bundy of the AT birds, uh, the, you know, just you're looking at this team and you're, you want them to be a complete, play a complete game but again we haven't seen a 6-0 team start 6-0 since 2004 uh 2017 was a great year but then you look at what happened 2018 2019 2020 so yeah they're not we're not used to starting off this hot and this fast uh and you know being undefeated and we try and you know we're poking nitpicking at some things but i guess Maybe we should start start getting into some positives on what we saw and what we like. Sorry, I was pulling up stats on something and a video started playing. Way to go! But I'll say that. I'll say the answer. The answer. The answer. Mike's question. I'll say are we being too negative? I don't think we're being too negative. I think we're just looking at the reality of what this football team is. And honestly, after Sunday's win, yeah, we won the game and the Eagles overall played decent. It, it, it just came across that this game 
was more that the Dallas Cowboys hurt themselves more than the Philadelphia Eagles looking like a dominant force. Yeah, they were able to force three t- turnovers, but again, it's Cooper Rush. I would say, once again, a backup quarterback, a guy that's very limited. He doesn't have the arm strength that he does uh, that we would have against going up against Dak Prescott. And remember, they also had 10 big penalties, uh, say, in, in that football game. So in this in this game, it sort of felt like the Dallas Cowboys were hurting themselves more, to, more than the Philadelphia Eagles really doing much. And they, they almost allowed the Dallas Cowboys back in this football game uh, at, at some point. So I, I feel that we're starting to come back down to earth. After this team started 5-0, and we were starting to say the S-word. A lot of fans and a lot of people in this town were starting to bring up the S-word Super Bowl because we didn't believe in the Dallas Cowboys. We didn't believe in the New York Giants being contenders in the NFC. And like, like Mike said, you don't know who really is that the best or the second best team possibly behind the Philadelphia Eagles, where now we're sort of brought back down to earth and our division rival without their starting quarterback gets their quarterback back this week. And we start going through a tough stretch of football games. Granted, they're winnable football games. You can look at the rest of the Eagles schedule and you can probably, I don't think they are currently an underdog for any game so far the rest of the season, which is a positive thing. If you want to talk about positivity, but anything can change in the National Football League. And no one expected New York Giants with a subpar quarterback like Daniel Jones, who uh, Dabble has found a way to find the best out of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley with a rejuvenated career after finally looking fully recovered. This NFC East is scary. So we can go from a week or two down the line just losing a couple games, and we're the third best team in this division. So I'll say with the NFC for how tight it is, anything can change right now. It's remember, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And yeah, we're starting six and zero, but anything can happen. We can we can lose Jalen Hurts next uh, in a couple of weeks, and our season could possibly be done. I don't think so. Then we got Gardner Minshew, oh, and then you will see a new level of obnoxiousness for me. Uh, did we get the Adams question? This is a good one. You put that up there because I have an answer for it right away. Adam says, for all those of you out there listening and not watching Jeff Warner's beautiful face, what what is the area on the team that needs to be improved on most during the bye week? For me, special teams. Yep. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it would be nice. We're getting nothing. You might as well just fair catch everything. <laughs> I'm sorry. I expected more. I expected something out of Britton Covey. I don't know if he's just not comfortable doing it in season. If the coverage isn't good, I don't know, but I'm not seeing much. You remember when we were at the Washington game, I pretty sure I called him Reno Mahe at one point. <laughs> I, think I think you did. did. I think I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah. It's just, there's a reason he's undrafted. He went undrafted it's true. Uh, one because of his age and two, uh, it just, I don't know. He just, the thing is the explosion and all that. It, it, I just, I don't see it. He's small and it's just, it's hard in the NFL to be the type of punt returner uh, that, you know, we would like to see. Uh, Same same thing with kick return. Now Dallas found something in Turpin who was in the USFL last year, the USFL MVP uh, from uh, TCU, but he, he had a, he had a hell of a return and I want to see something like that with the Eagles that you can kind of flip the field, but uh they're just not getting anything out of that. And I'm not really sure. One more thing. Uh, one more. I would like to see them throw to the running backs more. Yeah, but. Balls, I, and and I, some I, bootlegs with Jalen Hurts. You have a guy who, who who's a threat to run. Bootleg him out. 
give them those nice, easy, open throwing lanes. You know, like I'm talking about throwing to the running backs. They do these tight end screens all the time. That's great. Dallas Goddard gets a lot of yards on it. But switch it up. I don't know. Can you fake a tight end screen and throw it to Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders is dangerous in open space, too. See what I'm saying? What Just about the little outs they were doing to A.J. Brown, which I thought were great play designs? How he was like, you know. Yeah. No, I like them yeah, too. Kind of in the backfield, kind of going. He got the touchdown on one of them, and the other one he got a first down. I uh, would see the running backs get involved yeah. more in the passing game. That's all. But I, I, I think a lot of the issue with that is, is that Sirianni is trying to keep them in for pass protection. Teams are start, I'll say that uh, Cardinals game, they found a way and uh, had the blueprint on how to attack the Philadelphia Eagles and try to limit their offense. And it's by blitzing Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts has shown this season that he's one of the worst passers when he's getting blitzed. He did so get four times last year, too, too. Yeah, so I'll say uh, teams are finding ways and trying – there's game plan or ga- a tape out there on how to limit Jalen Hurts and how to make force him to make mistakes. And I feel Sirianni is trying to have that extra bit of protection, especially in last week's game. Once they lost Lane Johnson and we saw how Driscoll uh, performed out there and how he was getting attacked, I would say he needed all the protection he can get. So – but I get your point. I'll say this team is starting to become a little bit too predictable. And, and like someone brought up early before, we want to see – I want to see more explosiveness from this offense. Yeah, we're, we're getting we're the dink and dunk, and we're, and we're getting the short uh, yards after the catch. And that's what we want from, uh, from A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. We want them to catch the ball in open space and try to break free and, and, and try to pick up the first down after first down. But where's the deep passing game in this, in this offense? Uh, if – where where is the big playability when we need it? And I, I'm I just want to see more of a mix when it comes to this offense. And to answer Adam's question, the one thing that's sort of they need to work on from my aspect, and as well as the defense has been playing, I want to see more from the pass rush. Besides a few glimpses here and there, yeah, Brandon won defensive player the uh, week one week because of his performance. Hassan Reddick as well. I haven't seen much from Josh Sweat. Uh, we haven't seen much from the, the rest of these guys along this defensive front on getting pressure after the quarterback to, to where they're hitting home, rattling a quarterback, causing causing havoc. Now, we're starting to see a lot of improvement from Jordan Davis, which I'm impressed and I'm happy about. But I want to see more consistency, especially since this is a defense that relies tremendously along uh, from, from their pass rush and getting to the quarterback, even though we have probably the best cornerback tandem possibly all the nfl with darius slay and bradbury so far this season no you're, no, you're I, the other the thing other that thing i want to bring it up, up is, is i'm kind of here an echo somebody must Sorry, have it. It. Uh, uh, no i hear no, it. i hear it. all right so, all right, so let's see here someone else someone else see if they echo. echo check check yeah, it's just you, Johnny. It's your new house. It's haunted. Probably. Probably ghost watching the show on YouTube, which, again, make sure you're following, liking, subscribing, all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. So if you haven't already, make sure you are doing that as well. A little yes, plug yes. there. And, and uh, 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 then you Well, now I'm hearing it. Maybe it's me. Let me log off. <laughs> check, check. I think I everything's, think everything's good. good. This is nope, horrible. Nope. 
Let's see. It may be Jeff because I just muted him and. Well, how about now? I unmuted him. See if it works. Yo. He's, He's fine. fine. Talk like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Go ahead, Johnny. So, the thing I want to bring up is you know looking at the trade deadline coming up, uh, you know, being beginning of November. Now the Eagles have a buy. Would this be a good idea for the Eagles to make a deal because they have that extra week of preparation? And there are some, you know, some players you would like to see them uh, possibly add, uh, whether it's a another safety, a third safety, whether it's uh, these are like depth pieces, maybe another edge rusher, an older guy, a guy like maybe Jerry Hughes, um, a guy like Robert Quinn. I don't know. As I said, some of these guys are a little out of out of the uh price range but you know adding a piece there adding a special teams guy um i did see somebody post about desmond king uh desmond king plays for the houston texans he does have some returnability as well uh you know just something along the lines of that do you think it would bode beneficial and also about trade now i i wouldn't want to trade uh andre dillard but there are some teams that have lost some offensive linemen that you could potentially get a premium, premium draft, draft pick, pick, whether it's a second or a third round pick, um, all depending. Uh, a couple teams there, but again, do you want to uh, hurt your offensive line? Because I know, and like, and, and like what Jeff was saying, um, you know, just about you don't want to hurt yourself because if Jordan Mailata goes out, then you have Drake Driscoll over there, and if Driscoll goes out, and then you have, you know, there's a whole bunch of issues with the line, but again, it's, that's it. Injuries happen, but would you want to do that? Because you know, Andre Dillard will probably not resign here because he's going to get a contract somewhere else to get starter somewhere. Almost like how Vitae got starters money to go play somewhere else. Do you think it'd be beneficial one to add a talent this week? And two, would you trade any of your potential free agents or players who are backups that have a little bit of value? The answer to both is yes, but it's obviously dependent on who they're acquiring and who they want to move. You know, I, I understand. I, I don't want to move Dillard because we need the depth there, obviously, even though he hasn't played and we've gotten by to this point, um, but he is a better left tackle backup than Jack, Jack Driscoll. And Hey, look, shout out to Jack Driscoll, man. Whenever they need a backup on the line, he's there and he plays well enough. We don't, we're not getting a Jamon Brown out there. Uh, one person I would be going at, or one area I would be going after that was great. Um, definitely need more pass rush and I want some more secondary depth. I get concerned when Slayer Bradbury have to come off the field. I get really concerned when CJ Gardner Johnson has to come off the field and Kayvon Wallace is in there. So find me another Marcus Epps on the waiver wire, man. You know what I mean? Like a guy who is a little bit of a project, but at least is going to show up. Kayvon Wallace doesn't show up. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I, I, I want so badly for him to be, uh, you know, a quality player, everything. And, and, and I know uh, no, Daniel here saying Brian Burns of Carolina would look at. I just, Unfortunately, I would love that. I just don't think one the compensation aspect of what you want to give up, uh, first round pick, 
potentially more as well. Plus he also is in line for a contract extension. So again, you have a lot of players the Eagles have to pay. Bradbury's a free agent after this year. CJ Garner Johnson, Marcus Epps, TG Edwards, Kaiser White, Sayamalu, Dillard, Miles Sanders. Now everyone's not coming back. Um, you know, Targrave. Everyone's not coming back, but you have to make some decisions on who you're going to get rid of, who you know potentially won't be back. But, I, you know, what What about a player like uh, – I saw somebody mention uh, – I think Jimmy Kensky uh, mentioned Jabril, Jabril Peppers as a safety option. He has returnability as well. Um, okay, but I just think they – if you want to add – I'm surprised they don't have like – just because I know Josiah Scott played a little safety in uh, training camp and some preseason – but uh, I do think that they have to add something. Uh, and I would look to trade Dillard. If I'm able to get a third round pick for him, I would do it because if he signs with somebody else in the offseason, potentially you may get a compensatory pick depending. But why not try and get a premium at value when Howie is good at doing that? He's done that plenty of times before uh, with – you know, players and teams who've gotten players who were hurt, starters hurt that he was able to not kind of rake them over the coals, but uh, he was able to get something of value, more value than you would have thought for them. So I think Dillard definitely is a name that'd be out there with multiple teams having lost some offensive linemen, offensive tackles. Um, but how many of those teams are Super Bowl contenders? St. Louis. Oh, okay. oh, I said St. Louis. That's bad. Um, I'm thinking about. <laughs> Uh, the Los Angeles, they had, they had to pay St. Louis uh, a lot of millions of dollars uh, Cause, recently. Because so. that's a little bit of the difference. I would say in years past, they're usually teams that have lost a key player where they need they need to fill that position because they are that, they're that, that close and they need to fill that position to make sure they're still in contention. Where they, I, I don't feel the Eagles have the leverage. Look, Andre Dillard's a guy that has been injured. He hasn't been played the best when given the opportunity. And, yeah, he, he plays a premier position, but teams are not going to overpay for a guy who hasn't at least given decent value for a guy that hasn't proven that he can be a quality starter in this league. The only one who I think would would be less need of the Los Angeles Rams because if he wants a player, right now they're starting left tackle with uh, Joe Noteboom, who was taken over for Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth retired. Joseph Noteboom was their left tackle. He tore his Achilles, and now it's Alaric Jackson, uh, former Iowa offensive lineman. So the Rams will be a team that would say, you know, F these draft picks. You can have a third-round pick. Let's get a, you know, a starting a starting offensive tackle that's a lot better than what's out on the market in terms of free agency and what's basically going to have to start for our, our team right now because – Right now, the the Rams are in kind of disarray. They have a lot of issues along the offensive line, and the injuries aren't helping them. And a quarterback getting beat up, getting hit, and turning the ball over is never a recipe for success. But he that would be a team that I would think would do it because of what they've done in recent years. Otherwise, I do see what you're saying. You're, you're not going to get that premium pick. Uh, but I think the Rams would be the only team that I could definitely see uh, looking around and saying, you know, I'll give a third round pick because it's a, a starting quality tackle to help us because we still have a team that can contend. Makes yeah. sense. But yeah, I don't see any like Brian Burns or anything along the lines of that. But like, if you're looking at the outlook of this season going on after the buy, 
going on looking at the rest of the season. How many, if, if you look at the schedule, how many losses do you potentially can see right now? Now, of course, everything's going to be um, basically written with uh, not a Sharpie because injuries happen. There's, there's a lot of stuff that happens in this league. Teams acquire other players. It, there's some things that, but what do you see on the schedule? If you pull up the schedule, look at the schedule, how many potential losses do you see? Because when I look, you know, for me, if you say they're going undefeated, Mister Optimism over here, no. I swear to God, I will not say they're going undefeated. You, you will be banned from doing anything. <laughs> I say three losses. So, and the ones I could potentially see them losing the three losses are, I think the the Christmas Eve game. I think they lose to Dallas. I think they split with Dallas. Um, I think. One of the Giants games, just because you know last year they split with the Giants. You know, Giants aren't a horrendous team. I think that could potentially be a loss. Now, again, that could be a loss at the end of the year, the last game of the season when they're playing all their backups. And then the last one, Man, Mr. I'm Optimism. never gonna what, Mister Optimism. You think the week eighteen or week eighteen games gonna be pointless? Yeah, I could be a little optimistic there, but <laughs> uh, the other the other team, I. Anytime you play Aaron Rodgers, I understand they're struggling, but I I don't know who they're going to add, if they're going to add a receiver or anything, but you can never discount Aaron Rodgers from doing anything. I know it's going to be at Philly night game. Those would be the three that I would think um, that I could see. Maybe one of the Indianapolis or Tennessee non-conference, one of those, possibly four. But that's really all that I can see right now. Now I know things happen in the NFL. Look at last week. Look at all the upsets that we saw that, you know, we had no idea was coming. Um with Pittsburgh and the Jets and all that, um, with Atlanta, everything there. But that's kind of what I have right now. I could see three, possibly four. I agree. I could see I could see it being the Titans too. They get their run game going. You know, Derrick Henry is still far better. Than Ezekiel Elliott and look what Zeke did. So if they get that run game going, man. It, they could be tough to stop. Our run defense is not that good. Yeah, when Jordan Davis team. isn't in there and Fletcher Cox is in there giving you well, they're 70% only, effort. They're only playing Jordan Davis in the five man front, which I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I mean, just put him up at nose in the three man front, put him at the nose and just, just get him in the game, man. He's got to be, he's got to be in there. He's already. One of their better defensive players, we could say. You could see the impact he has on the game. Get him in there. And this is what I don't like about Jonathan Gannon. Again, the offseason promises. You know, hey, going six and zero, it mitigates a lot of these things. But we, again, we heard we're going to do this, we're going to do that. He just doesn't. He tries to be the smartest guy in the room. Just put your best players out there. Let them make plays. You're bitching about a top ten defense right now. Yes. Are you I'm really not. bitching about top 10 defense? Look, yes. 
I'm saying they're they're not going to be perfect. They're still a team that has a lot of new pieces and yeah, a lot of not everything and, and and some young talent that they still are trying to find uses and trying to get the best out. And look, we still haven't seen Nicobe Dean. We still haven't been able to see what that kid could do. Uh, the, 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 uh, the acquisitions with Hassan Reddick and Kaiser White so far have panned out. Yeah, I want to see more from Jordan Davis, but he's starting to trend in the right direction. And then we probably, like I said earlier, we probably one of the best uh, cornerback tandems in the NFL with ba- Bradbury and Darius Slade right now. So look, 100%. I'll say the, the defense. Yeah, they're not perfect, but they are one of the main reasons why this team is six and zero right now. And you have to give Jonathan Gannon a little bit of credit for that. I refuse to give Jonathan Gannon no. And look, and again, yeah, you know, winning mitigates. Any of that stuff, but my concern is I could see it if we could stay complacent and keep doing the things that we're going that we keep doing. It's not going to stay this way. Because the thing that is different about this defense compared to last defense is they're opportunistic. They're I'll say they're getting pressure when need be, and they're causing turnovers. They're making takeaways, which is something that this defense hasn't done in a very long time. We're seeing more of that Jim Johnson style defense where it's the bend, don't break, give up some yards, but I'll say make it stop when need be and in crucial situations. And you saw that last week. They were able to force what three, four turnovers, and they were able to capitalize on that. I'll say we've seen it all season long. The thing about that, though, they are plus 12 in the turnover differential. Which They're three insane. times more than the second-place team. Well, don't forget, Jalen Hurts is also protecting the ball better this year than he did last year, so that's going to add Absolutely. to that. Now, I want to ask you guys a question. I don't know if you saw it. I put a poll up during the Eagles game. Who was a better addition this offseason, James Bradbury or Hassan Reddick? I'm going to Bradbury. That's what yeah. I, I lean Bradbury too, and nothing against Reddick, but just I feel more comfortable with Bradbury on the field than Steven Nelson last year, and Steven Nelson was fine. It, you know, he, he wasn't really an issue, but Bradbury's just that much better. I'll say he's that much better, and he brings you a little bit more of that physical impact that you need in your secondary, and that's something we've been missing with uh, opposite Darius Slay. And, and I'll say it's going to be interesting what happens to Bradbury after the season because, look, he's got, like Johnny brought up earlier, he's going to want to get paid. But also remember, Darius Slay, what, he's 29, 30 years old. So who knows how much, I'll say, a high level that we are going to get from him. So it's going to be interesting to see this coming offseason what they do, especially with the two first-round picks. We might, not, we might not have the same secondary that we had this season, even if they are playing at an extremely high level. Hey, he's 31, by the way. 31, okay. He's 31. I know he was 31. in his low, low 30s. Yeah, and hey, we're watching the New Orleans Saints and just hoping every loss comes every week, loss by loss, while I watch that first-round pick rise and rise because, uh, you know, it's it's big-time big time beneficial. You have a top, top 10 pick, and there's teams that need quarterbacks, and you don't need a quarterback, and you can maneuver, and you can do things, and that's what Howie's great at. So – and I want to give Howie credit because of what he did with this this offseason. And if we're if we're talking about this team being six and zero, we're kind of reviewing the six and zero. You have to, like Jeff mentioned, some of the players that were brought in for Jonathan Gannon and for Jalen Hurts and, and Nick Sirianni on the offensive, Shane Steichen on the offensive side of the ball. You know, getting AJ Brown for what they got him for. You know, you're able to get James Bradbury. You're able to get CJ Gardner Johnson for what you got him for. You're able to get Kaiser White, uh, sign him as almost like a prove it type of deal. He didn't, you know, he was out in the free agent market for a little bit 
and he didn't sign for a whole heck of a lot of money. He bet on himself and he's playing really well. You know, Hassan Reddick is your big time uh, free agent signing one of your, your first signing, you know, just what they were able to do. And to me, it's one of the best off seasons in Philadelphia history, especially right now when you're seeing the, uh, what they're able to do being six and oh, because you could see others, other seasons, they had great off seasons, but again, it didn't really amount to anything. Um, one team in potentially uh, the beginning of you know the 2010s. I'm not going to say the te- the type of team, but you know things like that. You think it's going to be great, and it winds up not. Look at a team like the Denver Broncos. All these primetime games, they get Russell Wilson. They give him a boatload of money. They have all these offensive players. You know they have you know they think they're going to be great. They're two and four, and they're putting up the same amount of points per game that they did with Drew Locke. So uh, stuff like that, and what the Eagles have been able to do this season uh you know for for me it's one of the best off season how he's had you know got to get credit because also look at the draft jordan davis and you know we haven't seen the kobe dean yet but well, what they're able to do the past two drafts and the players that they're getting and they're not uh basically trying to reinvent the wheel they're picking best players available from big time schools from championship level caliber schools uh you know and it's 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 fun to watch it's fun to see because you know, the, the the team is always, there's always something to talk about. We're going to always talk about whether they're back, back in 2020 when we started and they were awful. We still have stuff to talk about. They're always going to have something to talk about, but this is the fun part of it when they're successful and you're looking down the line, all the young players that are on this team and it's not an aged team. You have some young players now. And it's, it's just fun to see. What it's building. still a little bit of an aged team. Look, I'll say this team next season as much as I was saying, and that's where I want to get to my a little bit to my next point, is that yes, we're six and zero, but how long can Howie and this and and this organization continue to establish this type of success? Which they have done well the last I'll say over the last three four seasons, always making the playoffs or always finding a way to stay in contention. I'll say we don't know the status of Fletcher Cox or Brandon Graham next year. Miles Sanders is in a contract year. We bring up earl- earlier the I would say the amount of players that are due new contracts and with the limited amount of cap space, there's going to be a lot of overhaul on both sides of the football. And for how, for how well they are playing right now, it's kind of scary that yeah we're six and zero oh, and but I'll say if we have a magical season, but why haven't we don't get it get there? Why haven't we don't get the job done? I don't know if this team, I'm saying, can continue the same success that we had this season, especially we're not going to have this cupcake schedule that we had this year, next year most likely, especially when we win the division. We're going to have a first-place schedule. It's going to be a lot more difficult, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the overhaul. Can they bring back Bradbury? Because I'll say we were trying to fill that void for so long opposite Darius Slay now that we finally have someone. If they let him go, I'll say we have a we have a completely different defense. Or if Jonathan Gannon impresses people so much, like a lot of people think, he's going to get a lot of head coaching opportunities possibly next season. What's going to happen with the new defensive coordinator? We have to live in the moment now, and hopefully, it continues to have success right now. And we, ha- I would say, ma- make some type of run. Let's not look too far ahead just yet with this team because there's a lot of unanswered questions with this roster and with this organization moving forward. So a quick little point, you know, you, you talked about next season schedule. I did pull up their opponents. Now there's a couple that are depending on first place finishes yeah. and where they finish each other, but they have to travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams, to New England, 
to the Jets. They play Arizona at home, Air, uh, San Francisco at home, Buffalo at home, Miami at home. All good football NF- teams. Yeah. The, 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 the NFC North winner, whether it's Green Bay or whether it's Minnesota, the a- NFC South winner, whether whatever team wants to win that division, whether it's the Bucks or the Falcons, or that's basically it. Um, and then the AFC, and they're, t- they're at the Seahawks and they're at the AFC West winner, which uh, depends on. It's probably going to be the uh, the Chiefs uh, if the Charger, unless the Chargers win out. But I think it's going to be the Chiefs there. So, yeah, you got it. You're right. You do have a tough schedule going in because you're not going to play a you know last place schedule or a middle of the pack schedule. You're going to be playing, and they kind of lucked out with the divisional matchup that they got in the AFC. The AFC South isn't as strong as it's been in years past with the two top two teams, but. Uh, with Indy and Tennessee. So you kind of lucked out a little bit with that. And then your matchups, they had the NFC North, which of course uh, a couple of teams are struggling there. So, you know, they, they did luck out a little bit, but again, you do play who's on your schedule and next year it's going to be tougher and see what they do in terms of how much the cap goes up, what they do in terms of an extension. There's a lot of things that is going to happen. This is where Howie has to put his hat on his, uh, you know, and figure it out and see what they do. But you're not going to be able to keep everybody. It's th- this isn't it's, baseball it's, where you can just give away money and not worry about the cap because there's no cap in other sports. Unfortunately, you have a cap. And it's a hard cap, and you know. And how and how Harry, players and, have to and how Harry messed up once that put us in cap hell for a couple seasons and limited our our roster for quite some time. So th- that's what that's why this season it's even more important to get the job done and try to win that Super Bowl because, one, the NFC is wide open for the most part. I would say, yeah, you have a little competitive in the NFC East, but you still, the rest of the rest of the conference, it's it's up for grabs. And with our schedule, we have a chance to be the number one seed, get the only first-round buy in the conference, and have home field advantage. Who would have thought that to start the season? Now, the question is, Depending on so far what happens the rest of the season, is it going to be enough for Jalen Hurts to be given a contract extension? Because yeah, we're going to have some cap space, and with like I said earlier, we're, we have a lot of players due for contracts, and it's going to depend on what, like you said, like what Howie's going to do. What's their priority? What is going to be their top thing that they want to do? And if it's extending Jalen Hurts, you're going to be stretched. You're not going to be able to sign a lot of these guys or a lot of big-time free agents or possibly over the next couple seasons. So it's going to be interesting if the front office and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and Nick Sirianni feel that Jalen Hurts has done enough to be given the franchise quarterback tag and try to and, and give him that term contract. Yeah, no, it's it, there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be looking at, the outlook of this season, and, you know, after – uh, this weekend, they have to prepare prepare for the in-state rivalry of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's there, there's a lot of stuff the Eagles are going to be going at, but it's you know one game at a time. And I I like their mentality with it. Uh, they seem like a real close knit team. You like to see that, um, you know. But there's no turmoil or anything in the locker room or anything you see uh, there. But I think it's time to get to last week's Uleka Locks and. Let's get it. It's time for the Uleka Locks of the Week. Who's your lock? Alrighty, so at five and a half. That's what he said. Eagles will take the five and a half. And he was right. 
Uh, they did win by more than five and a half. They won by nine. So that was correct. Uh, Mike, you had A.J. Brown with two touchdowns. Unfortunately, he only had the one touchdown. Um, close, but no cigar. Me. So <laughs> now I went with a three-parter. Uh, and it all involved Cooper Rush. I had Cooper Rush under 200 passing yards, which he did. I think he had 180, 181, potentially. Um, 181. I had him under 60% completion percentage. He was 18 of 38. That is under 60%. And I had him having at least two turnovers. He had three turnovers. So, unfortunately, it only counts for one lock. But I would say that's probably the best lock that I've ever had myself. Um, so most likely I will go on a losing streak of like 10 straight because I got... What you say about the turnovers again? How many did you predict? Two. He had three. Yeah, but I mean, technically three is better than two. So I would count that as a lock. You're, to be honest with you. you're just mad because... I'm not mad. Right. I'm I'm trying to give you more credit is what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. We'll have you start with your lock for week seven. Okay. Are you want me to do it right now? No, I want you to do it tomorrow. Yes, I want you to do it right now. You look at it and say, my lock week seven, Jacksonville Jaguars will beat the New York Giants. Great, take mine. So I gotta change mine now. Why? Yo, um, welcome. Thank you. Now, okay, Jeff, what is your Uleka lock of week seven? The Eagles aren't losing this week. <laughs> well, that will hit. That will absolutely hit. Um, you know, looking at this slate of games that we have for week seven, um, I was gonna go with the Gags and. Giants, but of course, Mike had to, as I mentioned, had to take that one from me. Um, but I will go with tomorrow night's game, the Arizona Cardinals and the New Orleans Saints. And I think DeAndre Hopkins will come back and he will score a touchdown. And the Arizona Cardinals will beat the New Orleans Saints. So it's a two-parter there. I um, hope so because I have DeAndre Hopkins in a ton of leagues and I got too many bye weeks and injuries. I need him back bad. Yeah. I had a lot of injuries last week, last yeah. week and a lot of uh, too many bye weeks. So, yeah, I, I hear you with that. But, yeah, so that's the Eleka Locks for this week. There is no prediction uh, because there is no Eagles game. Uh, so there will be no, uh, there will be no Eagles loss or win. Um, but the divisional matchups, the Lions are playing the Cowboys. Of course, Dak Prescott's going to come back to play the Lions. Um, the Packers are going to the Commanders. And, of course, we mentioned before, the Giants are going to Jacksonville. So those are the divisional matchups. Uh, we'll see what happens there. And Taylor Heineke will be starting for the Washington Commanders. So maybe they'll play a little bit better than they have with uh, Carson Wentz. For now. Until Sam Howell beats him out. Yeah, well, that's their problem. We don't have to worry about that. True. But I'm going to just shout out a few sponsors. Uh, Statement Games, Fun Free Twist on Fantasy Sports. Um, the link is in the bio. Um, ATSportsNetwork.com slash shop. 
again, take a look at that. There's some uh, cool designs on the site there. Uh, so definitely check, take a look at that. Um, we have stuff to the grills in Allentown. Um, you can order by calling 484-274-6760 or visit them stuff to the grills.com for the full menu and specials. Uh, a lot of great stuff there on the, in the, uh, Iroquois trail. So definitely check them out, uh, visit them, tell them we sent you, uh, also in the Iroquois trail, Vinny's pizza and restaurant in Allentown. According, of course you can order and delivery and Vinny's pizza, PA.com, you know, get your football specials, uh, you know, Eagles aren't playing this week, so you know, go to stuff to the grills or go to Vinny's. You know, get some food, um, watch other teams beat up on each other, and also don't forget Don Distillery in the Charlie Barn Public Market in Quakertown. New sponsor. Uh, visit their website donedistillery.com to see their list of uh, drinks and spirits. And we do have a pregame show, uh, Birds, Beers, and BS. I know Jeff and Peanut will be there. Uh, to do next week's matchup, the Eagles and the Steelers, the pregame. Well, what time is that starting, Jeff? 12 noon. 12 noon. They will be there. So, you know, stop on by, say hi, uh, try out Dome Distillery. Uh, definitely fun. Any other details you got for the people out there? Uh, we'll be located up near one of the other vendors. So I'll say there's there's tons of great uh, vendors. There's, there's an ice cream place. There's a pizza place. There's a patriotic store. Uh, Coast Don't Coast Don't Distillery. We'll have some giveaways, some uh, some deals, specials. So again, make sure to come on out, support whichever team. If you're an Eagles fan, Steelers fan, let's pack this house, Battle of Pennsylvania at Trolley Barn uh, in Quakertown. So make sure to come on out. Yeah, great, great stuff. Uh, great stuff that uh, Birds, Beers, and BS. And of course, make sure you check out Birds, Beers, and BS. Now, do you guys usually go um, Fridays, Thursdays, or it really all depends on your schedule? It all depends on the schedule. So lately right. it's been Thursdays, but I will say we'll see what it is this week. So again, make sure you're following, like, subscribing all our social media platforms, especially YouTube. You'll get the notification anytime any one of our shows goes live on the network. Yeah, so definitely check that out. Definitely subscribe, like, follow. Um, and uh, make sure, of course, this this show, AT Bears Weekly Report, we will be back next week with Opposition Outlook in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so definitely Check on that. Of course, Wednesday nights, 915. Uh, we go live. Uh, Tuesday nights, uh, burning bridges. Uh, you know, there will be a little bit of a change when the daylight savings time. Uh, I believe they're doing it only one more time. This is the last time. There'll be no more after this. But um, the I wish everyone would just freaking do that. I'm tired well, of daylight savings time. Well, 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 right now, Jeremy's on uh, 1030. So because well, it's a three hour because Arizona yeah. doesn't do that. So yeah, certain parts of Arizona. Yeah. So it'll be back to nine 30 in the next couple weeks, beginning of November. So uh, there'll be a little bit of a time change with that, but that's Tuesday nights. Uh, so definitely check it out. Of course, check us all out. Pre-game shows, all different stuff that we're going to be having um, uh, post-game shows, stuff like that. So definitely like Jeff said, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're following and liking everything just so you get the notifications when we go live and we have shows so you can get, um, you know, join us, fee, um, comment. We'll make sure that we get you on and, you know, we'll have some discussion. But with that, I think the only thing to say is a very happy and joyful 6-0. and oh, Go Birds. Go Phillies. No. <laughs> This is Matt Ware. Hey, for all the eagle content you need, go follow All About the Birds. They do a damn thing. 
Check them out. Hey, Eagles fans. I may be in Tampa, but I know where to find the best Eagles content out there. Check out my friends at All About the Birds. Philadelphia, what's up? This is your boy, Freddie Mitchell, a.k.a. Fred X. It's all about the bird. All birds, all the time. All birds, all the time. All About the Birds provides you with weekly analysis, game recaps, informative interviews, and it's all birds, all the time.